and welcome to another episode of The Dice Are Screaming. Oh, oh. That's right, you're with Randy and Mike, the Dice Men of The Dice Are Screaming, and we're coming at you, well, recorded, semi-live, here at the Autonomous Gaming Citadel. There are signs of life. It's a Friday, and the weekend looms large above us, and also it's free RPG weekend coming up, so get out there and get you some free swag. Yeah, and, you know, remember to, like, maybe, as long as you're there, buy something nice. Uh, yeah. Support your local game and hobby shop. Oh. And they will be around to support your game and hobby. That's right. So We love you, Perfect Storm Comics and Games. Correct. Yeah, well, more on that coming up. We're getting a mural done, so... Yeah. We're posting that stuff up. Totally. Yeah. Not, not a mural of us. No, 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 no. Nobody who games there has done anything so horrible to the store that they deserve to be staring at our mugs. That's uh, right. We, but uh, there, there will be dragons and characters and adventure. And fire. And majesties. Majesty, yes. Much majesty. <laughs> and maybe a mimic. Dargon. Yeah, so we have some good topic lined up for you. We had to scratch our heads for this one, but I think it's well worth it. It's a nice uh, return to our core principle of D&D. For some of you, we've been uh, straying out there on the far fringes. Which has been a this. lot of fun. I, you know, yeah. I've got to say, it's been a lot of fun to revisit some games that you know, we've played and, and haven't had the chance to play as much as we would like. Uh, but, a return to the fold. Yes, we are returning to full topic tonight, so buckle up. It's going to be a rough ride. And with that, we're going to revisit a... we got some call-ins from our Paranoia episode, and also we're going to revisit some topic from that and then get into our main topic, which we'll keep you in suspense with, with some presumption of that you don't already know what we're talking about from the title. So Yeah, it, it, gauge that incompetence how you will. We are the diet caffeine-free tab of gaming oh. podcasts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, we fit that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that... Oh. And the cruelest part is it, it came out of the machine by mistake. You asked oh. you asked for a Mountain Dew, and that's what you got. And you're, now you're asking yourself... Diet tab? Like, it got even worse? Why? Oh. Why? Why? Even, why even crack the, the top? That, wow. Just, can you push I it... I can throw it at somebody. Can you push it back into the machine? <laughs> like a... Just... No. No. Take it back. Yeah. Shake it up really good and give it to somebody. The Zagnut Bar... Of gaming podcasts. <laughs> All right. Well, we got our call in, so let's get right to them. We'll be back after our first caller. What's up, fellas? That was another fantastic episode, except for the part where you let that idiot go on and on for that long about steampunk. I mean, what was that? Like five call ins? Jesus, sounds like that dude's got some problems. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, like I said, that was great. I've never played Paranoia, but I've always wanted to, so thanks for talking about it. It just seems like a super fun game, either to run or to play. So you guys keep up the great work. I'll talk to you again. Peace out. All right, that was Joe Richter calling in with some um, thoughts about Paranoia. And yeah, we do let you go on because, well, you had a lot to say about Steampunk. And hell, you know, if you got something to say, hey, thanks for sharing it with us. Yeah, you know, there was a couple of really good points there to, you know, worth taking a moment out to spell out on. You know, just, yeah. to, just to flesh out some certain core concepts. So don't be too hard on yourself. We, uh, yeah. we ramble too, so hey, it's good to share. Um Right. Yeah, Paranoia, man. If you get a chance to play it, it's a lot of fun. It's I, have, one of, I have eight dice in Ramble. Mm. Um, 
yeah, you get a chance to play Paranoid at a convention or a pickup game. It's really good. Um, oh, you know, perfect. there are some things that we wanted to cover about it that people brought up on Twitter when I was uh, talking about it, making the rounds for the podcast. Was uh, it does not necessarily have to be a one shot uh, kind of game. It can be slapstick and just kill players all day long because you didn't come prepared. So Paranoia is a great game to disguise that you don't have to really do anything. The players just entertain you with their amusing deaths. <laughs> or ways that they try to get out of it. Shh! We just opened the kimono there. Yeah, that's a secret. <laughs> but, yeah, you can play Paranoia as a straight campaign. That is perfectly acceptable. Uh, it can it's be done, done. By, uh, with agreement between, the, of course, the high programmer and the players. Uh, that the high programmer actually wants to run one, but uh, if they're all applicable to that and uh, appreciative that somebody wants to have a, a go at it, I'll, I'll be from the same secret society or cryptic alliance. Just uh, um, kind of play it straight like that. There will still be some backstabbing and uh, some buffoonery, but uh, yeah, you're still keeping it in the spirit of the game. And yeah, you can you can have people working together towards a common goal if that's your style of play. I mean, if you if you absolutely have to, it's not as though the game is non-adaptable. Uh, but they should still be subject to a lot of uh, cruelty and fickleness from the computer and from their opponents. But there's no reason a party can't work together if that's how they love to play. Yeah, briefly, we want to talk about some of the games that... Uh uh, we were going to kind of maybe touch a second episode. I'm going to be brief on this one. Some scenarios that you need to look out for. Uh, Papers Don't Shoot Back is typically the most played one because it's the introductory scenario. It's kind of like the uh, Village of Hamlet. <laughs> but uh, Don't Take Your Laser to Town is another fun one that's really no. episodic. That just like it, you start it and you finish it. Don't Take Your Laser to Town. And uh, it's kind of their Westworld homage. And. <laughs> If you can uh, grasp that one. And, of course, the penultimate yellow clearance, black box blues. Yeah. All right. This this is my personal favorite because the the MacGuffin in this is the mysterious black box, which nobody's exactly sure what it does. Rumors are flying every which way. Everybody wants to get their paws on it. Every cryptic alliance, every secret society... Every ranking officer and head of department, there is no one in Alpha Complex who doesn't want it. Uh, and <laughs> it's like a hot potato. Yeah, and a lot of hilarity can ensue from that. So, yeah, we just wanted to touch on that uh, just briefly to kind of close the book on Paranoia for that segment. So, uh, what are we talking about tonight? Well, we've got a feast of a topic for you. A beast. Of a feast of an idea of a topic. And so, yeah, without further ado, we'll be back after the break from our sponsor, Anchor Podcast, and we'll get started right into the topic. So, stick around. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Of course, Anchor FM is the way to go. We think so. And of course, we like uh, helping them out. So, if you get a chance to put up your own podcast or just want to Put your thoughts out there in the interwebs. Yeah, take Anchor with you. They're good. I like them. <laughs> they recommend them. No, really. No, likewise. All right, so what were we going to talk about tonight? Oh, it's a, uh, a topic uh, that shuns civilization. That's and right. Civilization, ancient and wicked. Yes, looming large over the shadow of 
civilized men, naked blade in hand and honcho, well, hopefully roast beast in one hand. It's the barbarian. That's right. From the most savage of all classes. From a misanthropic, maladjusted berserker to, you know, you're just a guy who just does things on his own. The Uh, barbarian. Yeah, it can mean a lot of different things. Uh, Admittedly, the option was always there to design your own background for your character. But the concept of a class that was purely dedicated to characters of a barbaric or you know truly wild heritage, uh, not bound by what we traditionally think of as civilized uh, laws, that started to gel in that 1.5 interzone between 1st and 2nd edition. Yeah, I think it was uh, Dragon number 64 from the Sorcerer's Scroll that had the Barbarian class, and, of course, its inclusion into the world of Greyhawk um, that you had it kind of precluded that you were playing in the world of Greyhawk and that you were going to play a Barbarian from one of the Barbaric lands, whether it was the Frost, Ice, or Snow Barbarians, or the Wolf or Tiger Nomads, or any members from all or the southern lands of the wild, untamed jungles. It didn't matter. Yeah, uh, the, they had different ones the, where you came from. and what The jungles of Amedio. Yeah. And so you would play Barbarian, presumably having a, a set of skills highlighting from the lands you came from. Now, this was all well and good in campaign play, but what began with good intentions ended up with people just basically mismatching and taking whatever skills they wanted. Yeah. And to kind of craft a, a superior class. And the Barbarian was already a superior class. Pretty OP, okay? I mean, uh, the strength and hit points, the high reflex saving throws, uh, the ability to damage creatures that required magic weapons to hit, uh, and a variety of bonuses plus an array of skills. It just, while the core concept was extremely solid, uh, and was absolutely called for. The execution thereof was a little sloppy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just and it, look, it, it happens. We're nerds. Sometimes we get over enthusiastic about a thing we love, and we attribute to it far greater power than like it should really possess at first level. Well, primarily was the suspicion and dislike of magic. Now it started out as a direct hatred. They would not use any magic items or weapons at all. And it wasn't until higher levels that they could. That was seen as kind of a balancing factor. And at about fourth level or so on, they could start hitting creatures that required magical weapons. Uh, just born of their own innate fury. And they also got double constitution modifiers to hit points and had a die 12 uh, hit point die. So they were pretty weapon tough. So And they got double dexterity for wearing light armor. So it kind of encouraged <laughs> you not to clad yourself in plate. But to wear rough leathers, light mail, and hurl yourself into battle, and you would be just as well protected as that guy with plate. So, <laughs> uh, being upbraided by a junior barbarian who sees your magic weapon, I feel like that's a betrayal of our people. Feelings are for the weak. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't work with magic users, and you know, uh, they would only begrudgingly accept cleric spells. Uh, and only in the, at the earliest levels from those that were of their own tribal fates or uh, deities. 
Yeah, home, again, home deities, you know. These were meant to be huge, earth-shattering things in a game that was so magic-heavy, uh, but in reality, it turned out that, you know, they, they weren't that large of an imposition, except that it made the character impossible to cooperate if played in accordance with the rules. Impossible to cooperate with a party that had a mage and a cleric in it at low level. Uh, which well, sort of precludes their use. So a lot of people just kind of, <clears throat> you know, going to cough and look the other way. You know, I'm going to go punch goblins while you do your little spell thing. <laughs> yeah, and also the uh, high experience points it took. Um, average, it took about 6,000 experience points, roughly from first to third level, to level these guys. So while everybody was, you know, while you would have a fighter with sixth or seventh level, your barbarian would still be kind of uh, tugging it uh, fourth. Yeah, it, it was a compromise. Uh, and although the class did wind up being OP in the end, uh, it's not as though no one tried to make a price for this. Now, uh, in much later editions, we find the Barbarian getting a makeover. Yeah, and well, that, after about uh, Unearthed Arcana, they tried to kind of bring it back in, and then you know, it got <laughs> a little crazier, and... We could talk all day about how that that was in balance to first edition, but that's not our focus. And Mike's exactly right. Second edition just totally nerfed him. Just cut him <laughs> off at the knees. Just gone. Uh, all your abilities. Goodbye. You yeah. got endurance and survival uh, as a kit for the barbarian, and a plus three or minus three reaction to bonus or penalty because either people really liked you or they really hated you. And so yeah, it did tame the barbarian, but. Uh, well, you know. Yeah, it, it didn't merely tame it. It almost entirely neutered it. Uh. <laughs> well, hey, I wasn't going to go there. I was going to say that after the egregious, exactly. overpowered class and then all the problems that they tried to heap on it to is these are restrictions that will keep the Barbarian from becoming too overpowered or overplayed at your gaming table. Yeah, they made it problematic to be played, so why even bother? So they basically went with a much more saner approach with the kit. And the background. So you could pick the Barbarian background, get the survival trait for free, and uh, maybe herbalism, I think, too, if I'm uh, remembering right. But I could also be putting something together from something else, but which is entirely possible. No, it, it's quite possible with the, such a large body of stuff to have gone through over the years. Uh, but the second edition nerfing did not last forever. Uh, by the time we reached third edition... Uh, something new was under the sun. Now, they still kept... Um, if you played a Barbarian, you could play a Barbarian Cleric or, you know, anything but a Magic user, pretty much. Uh, yeah, or Barbarian rogue. became more like a template yeah. uh, applied to your chosen class. So if you wanted to play kind of a Conan-type character, you'd be a fighter, and you're kind of okay with that, I guess. But more to the point, 3rd edition reached back, took that die 12... <laughs> put it into a class based around rage. <laughs> and then the Barbarian began to sing on its own. Of course, a medium light armored fighter with a good selection of heavy, cleaving, crushing, slashing weapons. All the good stuff. Yeah, you paid your dues in loss of armor class from heavy armor. Uh, but in exchange for that, you got a certain degree of mobility and an enormous amount of ferocity. You know, Which, it, well worth it. I thought that was a very good compromise. Yeah, and the Barbarian uh, came alive. And a lot of people now, you see Barbarians all over the place. And so much for that. I mean, but here is the thing that separates a Barbarian from a civilized fighter. The wild rage. And 
I'm glad to see that they have codified that finally and put the Barbarian rage power where it needed to be. You know, from Berserker to just wild, uh, ferocious, no-holds-barred fighting. You know, you could even make a case for an urban Barbarian person that is completely without, kind of like a biker. Yeah, they may be from... You know, provincial settled lands, but, uh, you know, they, they may be from the, the downside of life where uh, the rules don't apply down in the thieves' quarter. And, you know, no. Or a, a constant mercenary uh, fighter. You have, you have few allies and only enemies, and your life has been incredibly hard, brutish, and difficult to uh, crawl up out of the gutter. But. At last, you know, <laughs> equipped with the skills of survival that got you this far, you emerge. And prosper. And, you know, also gone are all the hang-ups about magic. Now, uh, Pathfinder has some totemic uh, barbarian uh, alternate class features, which can emulate that old field barbarian without being so intrusive. Like, I just won't have a magic user in the party. No, they just won't use enchanted items that they themselves have not crafted or been created specifically for them or won in combat versus a power, a significantly powerful foe that they have defeated. Oh, yeah, they're not going to go hauling around you know, bonus mage swag uh, for no particular reason. It's junk to them. Trinkets and baubles. Give me That's a good right. sharp sword with a bonus. Preferably cleansed uh, in the rib cage of one of my enemies. Uh, <laughs> Cast the blade, cooled in the blood of my vanquished foes. Yeah, you know, you know, because skulls they make good drinking mugs too. If you just get all the holes clogged up. <laughs> so yeah, you have a wide variety of barbarians right out of the gate from fifth edition and Pathfinder that allow you to fully explore the wild side. And speaking of the wild side, uh, barbarians in the uh, third and. Following editions can multi-class without losing their uh, rage features, which makes them a useful option for some characters, like the aforementioned civilized barbarian who has been, a, you know, raised in a mercenary camp and just, you know, been in a constant state of warfare since he could barely walk. Or they, so that's one provision. That now Combat can... toddler. Yep. <laughs> the role-playing game. Oh. <laughs> yeah, when I was five years old, they put me in arena. Give me a sword, and I had to fight five Slovies just to get out. <laughs> They're probably going to eat me. But I didn't care. They didn't care. We just killed each other. Affix the bow of shame and cast it into the wolf pits. Well, yeah, if you know that one. <laughs> we're not, this is not, we're not, no, 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 we're yeah. not going to touch on Oglaf here. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's one uh, for people. Yeah, people can learn about Cronar the Barbarian the old-fashioned All way. All on your Out own. on the streets. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> out on the streets, yeah. yeah. You figure it out for yourself. You'll, you'll, you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but also, uh, you know, my other favorite homage would be Korgoth of Barbaria, the single cartoon. Uh, that <laughs> really exhausted itself in a single episode. But, you know, classic barbarian uh, knockoff, Korgoth. Right, and, you know, yeah, those are tropes. You know, they're all kind of pastiches of Robert E. Howard, Conan, um, any of the Brack of Lemuria. You know, all those guys um, can be kind of rolled into one. And the barbarian class represents all sorts 
from the wild axe swinging, uh, axe swinging berserker to you know your um, KG uh, desert fighter who is you know living in the wild, <coughs> remote areas of the world, fighting monsters and just trying to survive to keep his clan and family alive. Yeah, every climate can support a culture, and and let's take the sting of insult away from barbaric. Uh, you know, the concept is so often mistaken as meaning uh, something as a negative, that uh, a barbarian is, you know, someone who lives beyond the pale, which you know mm-hmm. is the ancient term for the wall, uh, that separated uh, settled lands from unsettled uh, wild lands, and beyond the pale uh, simply meant, you know, those who dwelt beyond civilized lands. Right. Civilized meaning, of course, you know, with a much more organized government. Well, yeah, the, the name barbarian, barbarian comes from the Roman for the language uh, that seemed to be spoken in those wild lands called barbar. Yeah. Uh, a sound that was made. Yeah, they were just literally mocking them. So there is some negativity to it, but uh, let's be serious, you know, here. It's all part of a pastiche of a game that is a pastiche of many different genres and fantasy tropes. So don't get too bogged down in it, but my recommendation is approach it with a certain eye that there is a certain nobility to the wild Celts. Every culture. Gauls. You know, be it the culture living in high towers with, uh, you know, uh, carefully engineered siege, siege engines and perfectly drilled armies. Uh, that culture has its rules, its customs, its traditions, and its absolutely inviolate expectations. And likewise, the people living in long houses out in the wilderness, uh, tucked amongst the trees, they too have all of those things. The, yeah, the from the wild of George R. R. Martin's uh, Game of Thrones. From there, also beyond the wall. Yes, and the free, the last freemen, as they call themselves. But yes, also sorts of cultures, including possibly even the Greyjoys. Oh well, all right, uh, seagoing barbarians. But are. yeah, you know the the concept of a culture having you know comparatively unique expectations, like placing an extremely high value on this, this, or that. While a competing civilization with a radically different appearance values entirely different things. So the barbarian is neither good nor bad by virtue of being barbaric. Ah, It's just how civilization views them. And it can be kind of looked at as a kind of an outlaw almost. as, As if the rules of civilization don't apply to them or more appropriately they don't adhere to them themselves. Like if you can imagine, uh, you know, take a a big city campaign, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And you introduce the barbarian into the mix of this, and it's going to be a principally in-city campaign. What if the barbarian comes from a place where the absolute worst thing you can do is lie? And they're in a highly political campaign. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who's the barbaric culture now? Because, you know, to the eyes of the barbarian, you're like, this place is steeped in foulness. Every spirit here is corroded and rotten. Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, you can have all sorts of characters that have barbaric roots, even if they're not barbarians themselves, just by the ideology of being in a barbaric culture, one that does not eschew to or heed to, adhere, I should say, uh, to the customs of the land or acceptable laws of civilization. For instance, being tied to land could be 
Involent to a wandering group of nomads. You're like, what? How? Why would anybody stay in the same place? That's insane. Surely the gods must frown upon you for such a heinous act. <laughs> so yeah, the barbarian can also be a culture clash, and they are rich in role-playing material, but let's face it, you're really up to the barbarian for combat. Oh, and boy, shall you have it to plenty. Yeah. No better friend, no worse foe than oh. the barbarian. Ah, the entire class is built around that rage-type feat uh, to this day, which means... Frenzied uh, attacks. Yeah, Um, just incredible potency at least once per session. Well, yeah, several if you spread it out, and of course with an ensuing penalty, a disadvantage while they're recovering from their rage. Yeah, you may want to thin out the uh, ranks of like lower level critters before triggering the rage. You know, you may not want to open a lengthy combat with that one. Yeah, kind of like in Battletech, alternating fire with your PPCs when you have more than one on your battle mech. Yeah. You know, you have to kind of like, hey, I've got two PPCs. I'm going to fire them at once. And I shut my mech down. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) Kind of got to spread them out there, Tex. You know, just uh, one. one. Uh, Yeah, the barbarian needs a heat sink. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I wanted to throw that reference in because that's a hint for what's coming up here shortly. Uh, Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll be talking about that at some point in time. But nonetheless, the barbarian has a lot of things going for it. Just besides combat, their skills, at survival, and just basically... uh, you know, they have a, a more diverse range of skills than your typical fighter, but not as crazy as the ranger. They are focused, but, you know, uh, in their niche, they are prime. Yeah, there, there's much to be said for the ranger class still having a, a place in all of this, in that uh, the ranger, and this may seem like a thin difference to parse out here, uh, a ranger is the... Pathfinder, the civilized long arm of the law, the uh, guide. The body hunter. They are the person who represents civilization in the wild place. Uh, That is, you know, kind of part and parcel of their role Mm -hmm. is that they're kind of of two worlds. The barbarian is wholly of that wild place and is kind of out of place in civilized, highly polished environments. And however, though, a barbarian has his place in even a political, civilized setting. Their ability to intimidate and not be bluffed. (laughs) Do you know who I am? No. No, nor do I care. But I have made these observations. I didn't know there was going to be this much talking. (laughs) You look soft and squishy. And you're annoying. Where do you think this conversation is leading? Yep, there. No bullshit sign is always lit. <laughs> so that's an intriguing facet of being a part of a barbarian in those kind of uh, campaigns where they can still be effective outside of just being in combat. It's kind of a liability every once in a while, you know, you kind of like trashes the place or gets pissed off about something and then we have to bail him out and make explanations. But in combat, he's more than worth his weight. Uh, And I'm kind of a stickler for uh, DMing, okay? Just, it's the leftover remnants of being an old school, 
DM from the, the dawn of gaming time, one of the habits that is still ingrained in me is to place barbarians in positions that compromise them, where they're yeah. out of their element. Yeah, uh. just, just like the paladin is kind of one of those characters that is fun as a DM to kind of mess with, so too the barbarian. And I do admit this can be transposed to any character of any class, you know, is to, to put them on the defensive in a scenario where they're not at their strongest. Now, if you're shuffling that around enough, sooner or later, every character of every class gets a chance to shine, and every character of every class finds themselves inconvenienced. Uh, and this should happen to the Barbarian just as much as anybody else. Their unique bonuses suddenly don't help them as much in the right, right. scenario. Whereas a barbarian is less moral quandaries than a paladin and is more cultural, those two can be fun to play up as well. And yeah, you know, if you've got uh, talented players who really know how to work a backstory, you know, I mean, you mm -hmm. can develop quite an interesting character. And you know, it's always a DM's prerogative to weaponize the backstory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's truth. And uh, hey, just throw ourselves into the topic. All right, so. <laughs> Well, we have given the Barbarian, I think, an appropriate amount of time and do. Get out there, play one if you haven't. Get out there and beat some stuff up and rage out with your axe out. And always remember... Axe out with your axe out. Yeah, that's right. Always remember that as a Barbarian, you don't have to apologize to anyone. <laughs> Except your mom. Always. Yeah. So with that, uh, we're going to wind it up. Uh, thank you for sticking around. We hope you got some gaming coming up for you on this weekend. And of course, free RPG day. So we'll have some reports back in our next episode on Tuesday. So hopefully you'll stick around for that and visit us again. But in the meantime, if you have any comments or questions or things you think we should talk about or things we got wrong, let us know at either here. You can leave us a message on our Anchor podcast. Or you can get a hold of us on Facebook, on our Facebook group. There, it's the Dice Are Screaming. Just uh, get a hold of us, and we'll give you an invite. As well as you can just get a hold of us on old Twitter. You know, uh, I'm at Death Hand Gaming. You should know it by now, but if you don't, it's D-E-T-H-A-N-D Gaming. And? Magi Vox. Yeah. And uh, give us an uh, earful or a screenful of what you think. And cry out into the ethers with your arms upraised for approximately 45 minutes. With a wild, barbaric yop. Or until your arms get tired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I would go with the yop. But, you know, I could go with the arms up. I sound my barbaric yop. And with that, we shall sound ours. Yop. May the dice always, always roll, roll in, in your, your favor. favor. We're out. See ya. See ya.